Welcome to Cannabis Investing Newsletter. I'm D.H. Taylor. Today I want to look at Cureleaf. They released their earnings, their financial statements for the Q3. This is one of the largest companies out there. On a quarterly basis, they're printing $317 million worth of cannabis. That's awesome. Their market capitalization puts them at number one. Total assets, they're actually at number three. Believe it or not, Tilray's up there at number one. Given that, some of the numbers kind of give me a slight hesitation. There might be something going on. I wanted to dive in and look at that. But at the end of the day, Cureleaf is a solid performing company. And if you're sitting on this stock, you're going to do fine over years and years. Still, there's a couple things here that I'm kind of looking at. I'm like, eh, it's a bit sluggish. Let's jump in the computer and I'll show you what I'm looking at. All right, as I mentioned, we're looking at Cureleaf. One of the things that kind of I've been wondering about is the rate of growth of cannabis on an organic basis in some of these areas. The thing is, if you look at the chart, especially like the state of Colorado, where we've got a lot of data points for month after month after month of cannabis retail sales, there was a huge spike up last year, 2020, right as the pandemic was going on. All the bars were shut down. So no one had anything to do. We've seen the numbers. We've seen companies report saying big spike up in flour. That makes sense. You can't go to a bar, sit around, drink with some friends, this, that, the other thing. So you're sitting at home. You don't want to chew gummies at home. You want to hit that flour. Okay, great. So we saw a spike in that. Well, what's happening now? Bars are starting to open up. So what's happening with the rate of growth of cannabis in these areas? Now, Cureleaf, they posted some revenue, and it's improved. They went from about $314 million to $317 million. That's 1%. And it's a bit soft. That's sort of the bad news. Again, I'm going to reiterate this. It's a solid company. First off, they're up 100% revenue year after year. So we're seeing a slowdown, and they even stated that their slowdown was based on some legislative actions. Some, there's a bunch of little things that are kind of outside the normal course of business that slowed down their revenue growth. Okay, great. Fundamentally, bottom line with Cureleaf is this. It's going to be a great performer. They are going to be one of the marquee companies. They are a huge MSOS. They're just not going to grow nearly as fast as some of these smaller players. So when you look at Cureleaf, ask yourself that one simple question. Are you looking for that fast grow or are you looking for that steady consistent? So that's where Cureleaf kind of separates themselves. At the same time, there are other companies about the same size as Cureleaf where I look at and I say, that company might outperform Cureleaf. So although Cureleaf will do well over the years, they may not do as well as some of the other cannabis companies. So if you're thinking about getting this jumping in on Cureleaf, I'd be hesitant simply because there may be better picks out there for you. If you're in it, there's really no reason to get out. This company is going to be huge. Uh, Cureleaf also just announced yet another acquisition. They picked up a company. It's got a bunch of dispensaries out in Nevada and Arizona and some uh, activity out in California. So this, so this is a company that's going to continue to grow. And if you think about it, this is a, a huge move because if you've got a company where they already have, say, two or three disp dispensaries in Arizona and they pick up another company that has two more, 
you have the ability to grow into these uh, dispensaries. At the same time, you may have these maybe vertical companies where they have production possibility, but they're not utilizing it. But eventually, you'll grow into that over the course of many years, many quarters. And then once you max out, you may have another facility that has capabilities. You don't have to build right away. So this becomes a cost savings sort of move. At the same time, there's going to be overlap. You'll see some cost savings. It's not going to be a lot, but there's some there. Eventually, when we move out of the M&A activity of cannabis investing, these little things are going to become bigger and bigger. But right now, it's all about M&A and building your foundation. Let's take a look at Cureleaf. Uh, CURLF is the symbol here in the United States. $6 billion market capitalization. 613 million shares outstanding. They have an unlimited float. 52-week um, high, 1838. 52-week low, 890. Currently trading about $9.30. We saw a decent little pop-up last Friday with the Republican Party announcing that they are, they've got a, uh, they're introducing into the committee more legislation for cannabis legalization on the federal level. Okay, great. I don't know that this is going to move any further than the next piece of legislation. My thinking is with federal legalization, if there is going to be something, we may see it say April, May, June of next year. When it's getting closer to senators and members of the House of Representatives going out to their constituency and saying, listen, this is what I did for you. You pass legislation today, that's a year later. Voters are going to forget about that. Congress knows that. So what will they do? They may kick this down the road and finally push something through, then turn to voters, potential voters, and say, look what we did for you. We legalized this just like we promised. So I don't know specifically where this thing's going to go. With Cureleaf, the stock has already started falling down from its lofty levels. Okay, comparisons. For those of you who are new to my channel, my website, and this YouTube channel, I break down uh, all of, I've got about 100 stocks up on my uh, website. And you have the ability to go in there and compare each company to all the other companies and ask the question, where does it stack up? A lot of you guys, this is, I, I got an email this morning. The guy said basically the whole reason why I've, I uh, subscribed to your website for the paltry price you paid me or uh, I, you charge. Um, the idea behind the website is I'm not trying to gouge anybody keep it real nice and uh, low so that we can all get in there, share this information and utilize it. It's a very valuable tool. Get on this page, check it out. As it turns out, it used to be the most popular page on my website. I launched a forum about three weeks ago. That gets four times, five times the traffic right now. It's huge. Uh, so if you find your favorite stocks on the forum, contribute and follow along on those stocks, You'll learn a lot there. You'll be able to uh, talk with some of the guys who are really active uh, investors. They got a lot of information. So let's see how Cureleaf 
comparisons stack up. Uh, number one, market capitalization, $6 billion. I think it was like $6.1 it depends on the price. Uh, it's been coming down. It might drop below $6 billion over the next two days if the price action continues. Uh, number 50, revenue growth rate only about 1%. It was a, just a touch over 1%. They moved from 314 to 317 so that's a three, uh, $3 million increase for is about $2.5 million increase for the quarter, which is only about 1%. It was all organic growth. They did not do any new openings or anything like this. So this is all the foundation that they had. My expectation is we're going to see some more growth later on down the road. They will get there. Gross margins, 46%. It was a slight drop. They were about 49% the quarter before. They've really just kind of been stuck right in this range right there. I had expected that they would start moving higher. Now, the expectation was about $1.2 to $1.3 billion in revenue for the year. They just printed Q3. They also guided that this, this is going to be probably on the lower end, but they are going to hit their guidance. Operating efficiencies, number 21, 42%. Wouldn't mind seeing that uh, improve. EBITDA to revenue, 22.1%. Um, the broader stock market is right about 22%, it's about 20 to 25, somewhere in that range, depending on the uh, quality of the company, for uh, EBITDA to revenue. All right, so this is the core business, when they put out a product, how much of, of that are they retaining for um, profits, EBITDA profits? This puts them at number 14. That's not bad. Okay, that compares to the broader market, the S&P 500. This is a $6 billion company, so that's pretty solid. But you get, see, this is where I see the opportunities of other companies, these smaller companies. Um, you get a smaller, more nimble company. They have the ability to really push some of these numbers. I've seen EBITDA to revenue in the 40 percentiles. So double what Cureleaf is doing. Cash to debt ratio, not in love with this number for a company this size. 22.1% is the cash to debt ratio. This puts them at number 42, which is kind of middle ground. Uh, they've got cash. They have no problems there. But you're going to find that cash is king and the ability to uh, kind of move forward is really important if you've got positive cash flow and you're sitting on a pile of cash. Take, for instance, Sundial. Now, Sundial, not my favorite company. They've got this mountain of cash, but they can't grow and sell their own product for anything. But what are they doing? They're taking their cash and they're putting together this ginormous puzzle. And they're really putting together a solid company. Given that, they now have avenues to do something. And it's because they have that big pile of cash. The other side of the coin, Cureleaf, not a big pile of cash. Start looking at these and comparing these. When you start comparing these companies and you look at them and you see who's kind of ahead, this is sort of a competition or a war. The companies that are in better position will outperform other companies and will win. Finally, total assets. They're number three at $3.1 billion. Tilray had not six, something like $6 billion, which put them in the top spot there. Once again, 317 million for revenue. 
Now, one or two quarters ago, when I did my analysis on cure relief before, I paced out and I asked the question, okay, you're telling me you're going to hit anywhere from 1.2 to 1.3 billion. That's a $100 million range. And I kind of broke it down and I said, they're probably going to come in at these numbers. And I did this at the beginning of the year. I had to ratchet that down a little bit for last quarter because they only printed 314. I had them coming in at 330 for this quarter. That's the only way those numbers add up. They are now telling us, A, they are going to hit the lower end of that 1.2 to 1.3 revenue number. Okay, so revenues are increasing significantly year over year, but not as high or as fast as we had expected. Now, a lot of their revenue growth comes from both organic and acquisition. They're acquiring companies, they're expanding into new areas, they're doing a lot of things. So when they turn to me and say that they're not hitting their numbers, they're hitting the lower end, okay, great, that's fine. How are you going to grow? And these are some of the things that I'm kind of starting to look at because they do have acquisitions out in the future, but if you buy a new company, sure, you get a big pop in the revenue. But what I want to see is organic growth. Well, they only had 1% organic growth for this quarter. That puts them on par for the broader S&P 500, which prints about 35 to 4% annually revenue growth. That's where CureLeaf is right now. Gross margins, 56.8%. Um, I think I had 46.8% earlier. My apologies, that was not accurate, but this is this is the chart. So 56.8%, I really expected them to kind of push forward over the 60 mark. They've touched it a few times. The better performing companies are between 16 and 65%. So you're going to want to see these guys pop up there. They were at 59% just last quarter. So it's a small, they lost about 2.5% gross margins. Not a big deal. They can, as they get bigger and bigger, as their revenue increases, and as they get a little more sophisticated with bringing in all these acquisitions and things like this, are going to be able to manage things like gross margins much smoother. Because of that, they will be able to be more competitive in this area. This all trickles down lower. Keep in mind one thing, though. These guys are going to perform steady, consistent. They're a solid company. But there are other companies that are going to do better. Operating efficiencies at 45%. Slight uptick. They're taking on some operating costs. Operating costs divided over top of uh, total revenue gives you operating efficiencies. For those of you who are fairly new to my channel, you want this chart here to go as low as possible. Uh, given that, these guys, as they expand, they're also, with these acquisitions, they're going to start chopping off some of these costs. But they're also in, uh, increasing things like sales. Operating uh, costs include the three main things sales general administrative administrative being like the CEO salary things like this but that first one sales oftentimes you need to spend money to make money and so we're gonna see some incremental increases there if they get revenue increases this will begin to trickle down lower you're looking for between 30 and 35 percent for these guys to be competitive
He bid to profitability coming in at 68.5 million. This is low compared to the previous quarter, which was about 75 uh, million. Uh, so it's, it was about 78 million. So they lost about 10 million, which is a pretty decent chunk on the EBITDA. Revenue growth wasn't as much. There was a slight decline in gross margins and simultaneously a slight increase in operating costs. That's where you see EBITDA start to drop a little bit. So that's how that adds up. Net earnings. Minus 56.9 million. That's where it hurts. Okay, so they had some outlying costs not associated with the normal course of business. We go back to uh, EBITDA. That is the normal course of business, but there's three sections of for the revenue statement. Uh, you've got the, the top, which is for uh, gross profits. Then you have operating profits. Then you have continuing profits. That continuing profits, that's where you tuck in all the other things outside of running the general business. Um, there were things like, they, they had a big tax bill. They had some um, interest expenses that were tucked in there as well. So there are a few things that were outlying outside of the normal course of business. This is their worst loss in, what, three years um, for the quarter. They're going to need to turn that around, but they're sitting on enough cash to float something like this. This negative 56.9 million was down from negative 7 million. So that's that's a significant drop. I had kind of expected them to get closer to break even, but they had some one offs in there and that's what happened. Cash on hand, as you can see, there was a slight dip in the cash on hand. They had to spend that $56 million somewhere. Uh, and you're, they, they've got $317 million cash on hand. This should float them for a while. They shouldn't have any kinds of concerns with regards to that. Uh, nor do I expect them to do any kind of cash raise. But on a debt uh, basis, on a ratio basis, let's take a look at this. About a year ago, they did a cash raise, bringing their cash up and versus the debt. They moved from single digits, 7.3% cash to debt ratio, all the way up to almost 30% cash to debt ratio. But they've been spending a little bit of cash, so it's dropped down to about 22.4%. Given that, um, you know, they've got enough cash to operate for some time, but they've got to clear that hurdle and push those metrics so that they can get to at least break even net earnings so they can stop burning cash, bring it in. Then they become more strategic. Think of all the companies. Again, we go back to Sundial. Sundial's, it's not my favorite company. I've never not said that in the same sentence as talking about the company. But they're building this ginormous network where you can't ignore them anymore. That they're going to be a phenomenal company simply because they're picking out some great star, uh, companies that will put together a really great network. Cureleaf doesn't have that ability. They don't have the kind of cash, on, especially on a debt ratio, that, say, Sundial does. Okay, this is going to become a competition. Who will outperform who? But the benefit is Sundial's up in Canada.
total equity, $1.7 billion. You can see that the equity continues to trickle higher. It'll probably take about two quarters before we see the latest um, uh, acquisition in there, and I don't expect it to be that large. Nonetheless, you will continually see equity moving higher and higher. That's important. How do you generate the revenue and potentially the profits? You continually add equity. And this continuation of adding equity is one of the variables that you're looking for when you're looking to see your stock move higher. Here we can see the chart on uh, Kiraleaf. And as you can see, Friday's sort of pop is that honeymoon's almost over with. Um, some stocks are heading higher. We've got a bunch of uh, earnings released just next week. I think I saw TrueLeave and MerryMed and I think Lowell. There's a some big players next week. Uh, Tilt's in there. I got emails from people saying, hey, Tilt, next week. Okay, we'll see what happens. Um, Cure Relief, broadly speaking, they're huge. They're going to continue to grow. They're going to continue to perform. They'll get there. My take on this company is you should be looking to optimize this time and pick the better performing companies. Cure Relief is better performing in market capitalization, but they're pretty mediocre in other areas. And while I think Cure Relief is going to become a solid continuous company and their metrics will eventually start to get there right now there are other companies that are outperforming them and so it it does become a sort of a turtle rabbit race setting and slow but at the same time you got to get out there we're seeing a lot of companies that are really focused on M&A perfect awesome that's what they need to do because the first to market might actually win and so you're seeing a lot of companies who are ignoring, say, profits, knowing full well, listen, if we get enough stores open, the profits are going to show up anyway. Given that, I look at Curaleaf and I say, you know, if you're holding on to this, hold on to it. It's, it's going to be a solid performing company. And they're probably undervalued. It's probably a $25 to $35 stock trading at about 10 bucks, So it'll get there. But... There might be other stocks that are that are out, going to outperform these guys. This would be one of those stocks that I think a lot of people might rush into simply because of its size. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best choice, especially when you start looking at the metrics and you compare them from one company to the other. Go to my website. Check out that page. You can sort through all the data points and ask the question, who's growing the fastest? Who's got the most profits? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? And you'll find Curaleaf, it's a decent company. It's not the best. Thanks a lot. Thanks for hitting the like button. Uh, the comments are always awesome. I appreciate you guys. Uh, for those of you who are new, uh, thanks again for subscribing. I'm getting a big rush of all this, uh, a bunch of people subscribing and signing up for the YouTube channel. That's great. Um, I'm trying to get myself out there a little more and look for people who aren't specifically searching for specific stocks, but investments in general. And by doing that, I'll introduce you to some opportunities. Cure Leaf might not be one of them. We'll see you in the next video.